Thanks for listening to the High Street Young Adults Podcast. For more information and how to get connected, check out highstreet.org slash youngadults. What's up, guys? Man, welcome to Young Adults. Pumped that you all are here. Hey, I just got to tell you, my man Caleb, when we were talking uh, and getting ready for this, he goes, Logan, if you would have told me when I first started coming to High Street that I was going to be up on stage, I would have said, you're a liar. Um, And so, Caleb, man, I'm pumped to have you uh, doing something you never thought you'd be doing because I think it's a testament to what God has been and is doing in your life. But I want you all to give a hearty young adult welcome to my man Caleb Owens. You can sit over. I'll take this seat, man. I I don't know. I feel like I'm better on the right. We didn't go over much, so so we'll see how this goes. Already awkward on sitting down, so we're good. This table is high, guys. I don't know if you can see that, but like I'm short also. Caleb, you're not the tallest guy I've ever seen either. Um This This table table is not meant for short people like you and I. It's not. Uh, But, guys, Caleb's story is awesome. And, and honestly, the reason that we wanted to have uh, uh, Caleb and we asked him, hey, would you be willing to share, is because about a year ago um, it's really when Caleb started to discover uh, some things about himself when it came to mental health. Uh, Chris Kirkendall, who was here last week, spoke at Young Adults last uh, year, about a year ago. And Caleb was here. And it was really a time for him when he started kind of really having some redemption in his life and so I don't want to tell his whole story but Caleb why don't you tell the crowd a little bit about what you do yeah so I am from Marshfield grew up in this area don't know where Marshfield is go on 44 towards St. Louis get to about exit 100 and you're there (laughs) Um, graduated from Marshfield High 2009 that's you and I have that in common um and then went to college at Missouri State, and now I work at a corporate office for an insurance company here as an underwriter. If you don't know what an underwriter is, I'm the guy that decides if you get insurance or not, so that's... <laughs> now, Caleb, tell, tell, tell them a little bit. We'll just jump right into it, man. Um, tell them what you've actually, because you, you actually have, uh, when it comes to your mental health struggle, you actually have like a term for it, um, and you told me a little bit about that, so yeah, tell me about it. so I have... I have its combination of anxiety and depression, which actually, if you look both of those up online, one is a symptom of the other. Um, but I have a specific kind of anxiety and depression called adjustment disorder. Um, what that is, it's uh, you throw a life-changing event at me, and my mind goes takes the stressful event and multiplies it. So, uh, When did you start to notice this like happen in your life? Because I, I know from what you've told me that you kind of noticed it early on. Yeah, yeah. So this actually started when I was young. Um, when I was probably about seven or eight, I had um, really irrational fear of storms. Like to the point that we would be going to the... Uh, to the fair, and I would tell mom and dad, no, there's like a chance for lightning. I do not want to go. And they're like, it's July. 
if there's going to be a storm, it's not going to last long. You live in Missouri. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that was my argument. Like, we live in Missouri, Mom and Dad. (laughs) Um, And so that's when, like, my parents started realizing, Mom specifically, something's not right. You know, you shouldn't be this scared of stuff. So that's my first time of going to therapy don't ask me what I remember of it. I was seven or eight. I remember playing with puppets. That's, you know, that's about it. So, <laughs> what a takeaway! What a takeaway! <laughs> and then it worked, obviously, because now if a tornado warning hits or the tornado sirens are going off, I'm either out the window, like, hey, look at that funnel cloud, or I'm in bed. You're I'm, a porch guy. You like yes, sit out on yes. the porch. Yeah. Or, awesome. or if the tornado sirens are going off in the middle of the night, I just kind of wake up and look out and be like, well, if it's my time, it's my time. So, <laughs> so, so that kind of, the, the, what happened early in your childhood, you kind of mentioned that it, it started to manifest itself later. Um, give me just like a brief rundown of when you started to notice like, uh, or, or that kind of that depression and anxiety started to set in again. It started the yeah, it started to set in again. Um, I was pro- about fourteen, fifteen. So we're you're transitioning from junior high to high school, which I mean, junior high is not really that fun anyway. Um, so um, was, oddly enough, it was after a church camp. Um, I started getting like these really dark thoughts and really dark feelings, and I had no idea what was going on. Um, And so, again, went to my parents, was like, hey, something's up after, it was probably after about a month. Um, And so we went to therapy again, Um, was there for, did it for like the rest of the summer. and I got better, but um, best analogy I can give for it is when Jared and I were talking about it. Um, took uh, took out the weeds, but we didn't really get rid of the or didn't deal with the root of the problem. So you felt better for a little bit. Yeah, felt better for a little bit, and then it would it would come back off and on um, throughout high school and college, but I was able to get myself through it. Um, It would mainly come, winter's not a good time for me, so it would mainly come during the winter time, so I just really got into a habit of, okay, I don't feel the best right now, you know, let's wait for spring and things will get better. Um, You know, stressful during college there would be some times and then after college again adjustment disorder life life changing events that was a little rough because I had moved moved away I I stayed with my parents all through college um I did that also it saves a lot of money I will say but the, does, oh, the commute though the commute was not the be best you, you you at least were in Springfield I, I agree. Um, so Caleb, tell me, um, so, so, so like you struggled with that in high school, Mm -hmm. but I think like so many of us feel if you're not in a transition stage, you're about to be. Um, and I know from my experience, I felt that leaving high school, I felt that leaving college. I felt that when I got married, I felt that when I've had a child. Um, and, and so like, 
walk me through. You said that uh, when, when we talked um, that there was a point in time when Chris was speaking last year that you, you, your words were, I kind of, Chris mentioned like, hey, this was how the wheels were falling off for me. Kind of mention, uh, take us to that place of like, I think people need to know mm-hmm. when you say you're, you're struggling with depression and anxiety, wh- what was going on with you? Like, so let, I'll just kind of get to like before Chris talked. So it was probably about 20, it was 2017, about late October, early November, um, it starts kicking in again, and mind you, at that time, just moved to a new job, same company, but kind of a newer job, um, and so it was stressful, and so I just thought, well, things will be okay. Mm, no, and then the moment that Logan's talking about is, um, and yeah, Chris described it best, last year, um, like the wheels fell off. Um, so I was like, I could not get happy. I did not feel happy. I was, my mind was constantly racing. Um, I got to the point where it like affected my sleep and my eating. So it, it got pretty rough until um, we get to, and. Um, until we got to, well, actually the mental health series last year. And so tell me about like what, what it looked like. I remember you mentioned that like you would wake up some mornings. You, you said you had trouble sleeping for like six months, right? Pretty and much, yeah. What would happen whenever you would wake up? Like you kind of... Uh, so like wake up in the morning or just like wake up? You, you, you said that it would be like difficult to do things. Like difficult oh, yeah. to have yeah. any energy. It would be, so talk about that yeah. a little bit. Um, so yeah, it would be like difficult to get myself to get up and go to work. It would be difficult for me. Like I still went to church, but I had to like force myself um, to go. If I didn't have anything to do that day, it would be like I would just kind of lay around um, and not really do much. Um, and what's crazy is that we, we talked about this on the phone when we were talking about this is, is there's several of you in here that have known Caleb for a long time, like I have. And I was like, Caleb, man, I, I had no idea. I mean, you, you hit it well because you were still at things. And now that I know that that was what was going on, I can see, like, I see a difference in you. Um, but like describe that. I mean, you, you said you forced yourself to go to church. You had a relationship with Jesus at this time, so tell yes, me about yes. tell me about like what's going on in that relationship. I mean, and how your walk with God is impacted by this struggle you're going through. Um, really, at that point, it was it was really um, a struggle because I would try. Jared Jared said this, you know, and his message: just try to pray, and everything will be all right. Or yeah, I tried that a lot of times, and it didn't really work out. And I was starting to get to a point where I'm like, "Okay, God, this this has been this has been fun. We can we can stop this now." <laughs> um, but I didn't really start turning the corner until again. It was the mental health series last year. Um, I remember like the first one you were talking. I couldn't tell you what you talked about. In fact, I even tried to find the video last night, the watch it, couldn't find it. 
so I'm pretty sure God didn't want me to watch it until after I talked. Um, that or it was so bad we just deleted it. And it's <laughs> gone forever. That's which is highly what happened. <laughs> um, but I mean, one thing I remember there was like a video that you showed, and it gave like the statistics of uh, people our in our age group that go through mental health struggles, and I was like, whoa. I didn't realize there were that many people. What is it, like one in five or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's really high. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I got out of that. And then, you know, the de- next week we met, Chris Kirkendall talked, and whoa. Um, like, he did a great message last week, but if you guys get a chance, you got to listen to what he said last year. That was very powerful message that he or very powerful story that he had last year um and i just remember him talking about the wheels coming off and like all this darkness that he was going through and i'm just sitting there like i'm going through that right now okay um that's he's gone through that struggle and he's doing all right he's telling me about it that's pretty cool so tell me about like you're, you're obviously, you, you told me you're having trouble sleeping for like six months. You're waking up and, and you're, you're, you can't even get out of bed. You said on a lot of weekends you wouldn't even um, get out of bed. Like d- when, when that was going on, like, and in, in you, you probably weren't like, hey, these things are great, but mm-hmm. did you realize how big of a problem you had going? I think I did, but I didn't want to realize how big of a problem that makes any sense like I knew but I was still in denial of how big of a problem it was and it didn't really it took until about when Chris talked that it kind of clicked I think I have a yeah this is a bigger problem than what I can manage because again I've been dealing with it for years and I would bounce back and I thought that would happen this time and I was past the deadline that I gave to myself to bounce back. Um, and then we get to, we get to like the next week of the series. Um, and that's when Austin, Corey, and Michaela talk. And that really got me too, because, you know, that were, there were people t- telling their story kind of like I am right now. Like Michaela, where, where's Michaela at? Right there. Right there. <laughs> I when you when you said I have anxiety, I'm like, no, she doesn't. <laughs> she's like the happiest person I've ever seen. How does she have anxiety? She's dancing on the video. <laughs> yeah, she's know, dancing like, on she's... the video. How? Um, so, uh, and I and I just hear like Michaela and Corey and Austin's story, and like I I knew Austin a little bit. Um, he and I used to ref soccer together, and I remember again, I was like. Austin has an eating disorder? No. No, he doesn't. And like hearing the story and that, just hearing their message, that really got to me. And that was like another, what I would say, turning point for me where God was working. Um, And you you said you kind of resisted it a little bit, but uh, Mm -hmm. I I remember um, it, it was right over here. Uh, Easter Sunday. What Easter was April first last year. April first. Like I didn't realize that yeah. until I was like driving home. Yeah. Uh, so you you like Sunday. 
you felt prompted, like you're in the midst of like, I'm going to overcome this. I've got some struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you made the choice to come down front. Yeah. And, and I, I, I remember Caleb coming down and he came down and prayed with me. And it, it was like one of these things, like I knew Caleb. I, I, Caleb's my friend. I've been around him for a couple of years at this point. And he comes up to me and he's kind of like just trying to share his heart. But what he's saying to me makes no sense. And he's framing it like I I thought he had killed someone or something, to be honest with you all. Because I didn't know what, like he's telling me, I'm like, what he was saying didn't make a ton of sense. I couldn't tell you what I said at that point. (laughs) I cannot But explain why that was like a big moment for you. It was, yeah, it was like a really big moment because... Um, yeah, I'd been struggling with that for months. We're, we're going on what, six months now. And I was sitting, I was sitting about right there and it was after Eddie spoke and I, um, I was just like, okay, God, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm giving it up to you now. And that's, yeah, that's when I got up. Yeah. A year ago yesterday, like you and I prayed. <laughs> and, 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 and what was cool was, um, I, I knew something was going on. I didn't know what quite. I'm well, sure I knew you didn't kill someone, okay? But um, uh, I knew that you didn't have the words to say what you're saying. But then later on, uh, we met up and, and just kind of you, you shared your heart with me um, and just kind of told the story you just told to everybody. And I got to see that some healing was going on in your life. Now take us through how God has healed you um, since then uh, and, and how your relationship with Jesus has been strengthened and like what steps because I think we need ongoing steps you said like I killed the weeds but I didn't get to the root of issue how are you getting to the root of the mm-hmm. issue now so yeah it was, it was about that point where I decided okay I'm gonna get to uh, the root of the issue so you know talked to my parents about it and like we had prayed and I actually had a doctor's appointment I had to go to anyway for getting a mole removed and so I know. Total right. honesty. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and so, while, you know, while I'm, while I'm there, I just, my mom had texted me, and she goes, hey, I want you to tell the doctor what's been going on. I'm like, okay. Um, and so I, we get the other business taken care of, and then my, uh, <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my, you know, my doctor's like, okay, is there anything else? And I go, yeah. I think I'm depressed. No, not think I know I'm depressed. Uh, what should I do? So he goes, well, let me, uh, let, me, let me give you this test. Okay. Take the test. And he just kind of looks at it after we're done. And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, you're at a point. Your score right now is where I should, like, borderline hospitalize you. Oh. Good to know. And so... Uh, after that, made the decision to go get counseling. Um, went once a week, and then once every other week, and then now I'm down to once a month. Um, and then, you know, part of my healing process was like sharing the story with you. A, that was part of my healing process. B, it was, I better tell Logan what's going on because. I don't know what he thinks after we prayed over there. So, right. so tell um, me about tell me about like um, how did how did engaging in spiritual disciplines of uh, 
I think being involved in community, like Christ-centered community, is definitely a spiritual discipline. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, how, did, how did, like, that, how did diving into God's Word, getting into a DNA group, how mm-hmm. have those things helped you? They've definitely helped me. Like, one of the things I've learned in the past year is, like, share what's going on. So, in my DNA group, we talk about the good, bad, and the ugly sometimes, um, and... I need that, and I, I think all of us need that. Um, so we share that, but yeah, we also dive into the Word, and we're able to give each other biblical advice for what we're what we're going through. Um, and then we each have we each have something different to offer, which is what we need. Um, like I can I see things differently than how some of the others do, and I. I need that. I need that constant engagement of spiritual growth. And then how do you deal with this problem? And how do you deal with that? Um, and really just sharing what my struggle is, has been, or what my struggle is at that time has been the most healing. I've learned not to shy away. I've learned to lean in. I can't remember if Chris or Jared talked about that, but, uh, wh- you know, whoever said that, in the past two um, messages, leaning in—that's that's the most important thing you can do. I you, you may not want to if you're going through that right now, but that is like the most important thing you can do to get yourself back on track. Yeah, because you can really you can really step towards God or you can drift away from Him, and I think it's a lot of times more of a willful drifting away than than we would like to think. And I love what you yeah. said about your DNA group is that you give each other biblical truths because mm-hmm. everybody's got an, I mean, mental health is a huge topic. It's not just something that you're talking about in the church and everyone's got ideas about it. Um, and, and and it's good to to be having the discussion, but we also need people speaking scriptural truth into our lives. And so that's been really beneficial to you. Um, you, you know, how, how has your interaction within community, within Christ following community changed since uh, just kind of discovering all this about yourself? It's, gosh, it's, it's almost like I did a 180. I've learned so much the importance of being connected with the Christ-centered community or like I knew, but I've learned a whole lot more now of how important it is. It's, I, you'd be amazed how much I've learned in the past year, um, and I'm excited to see how much I'll learn in like the next two or three years. Absolutely. Um, like my journey's still going. I'm not out of the woods. That's one thing I've learned. This is like the healing process for this is like a marathon, not a race. Mm. And I, like the past two times before this, when I dealt with it, I treated it like a race instead of a marathon. Man, that's so good. I, I, I think like it, it is such a marathon because our struggles always kind of come back, you know, and I, not always in the same way, but uh, you know, we have to be ready for that. If you could, if you could give like one parting thought about what you've learned about Jesus through your journey, what would it be? Um, I mean, one, I guess the one thing that I've really learned is that, um, learned his grace and mercy, like, uh, he's, you know, you can lay it all out there for him, and he's, you know, he's still, 
welcoming you with open arms. Um, doesn't matter what you've been through. Doesn't matter what you've done. Um, and then he always um, he always has a plan for you. One of my favorite verses I have it in my uh, on my fridge right now is um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, where God has a plan for you. Uh, is what it talks about, um, and that's uh, that's one of the main things that I've learned throughout this past year is that God has a plan for this. Yeah, again, like I told Logan, if you would have, you and I, when you and I met, if you would have told me that I would be up on stage talking, let alone talk about my mental health, I would have laughed at you. So, uh, it's amazing how far I've come. I just, man, I, I'm just so pumped for you because I know that through your struggle that you're now the same way that uh, Chris Kirkendall was able to kind of minister to you, you're now able to minister um, to others. And I think that that is the way that God has designed us is that we take our pain, our struggles, our hurt, and we help somebody else who's in a situation like that. And so, uh, Caleb, I just want to say thank you uh, for your openness, for your honesty, um, and, and just for sharing your story with us. Will you guys give it up for Caleb and, and let him know we're thankful for him? Thank you. Um, and, and, and it's, it's so awesome to see that, like, I told Caleb, I said, here's the deal, man. I said, you are an example of why we even do young adults. Like, it, it, it's, it's, it, you know, when you're coming in on a Tuesday, there's, there's always stuff going on. Um, you, you know, we, we, we talk about community all the time and we preach it. But to see someone who's actually engaged in it and somebody who's actually, uh, you know, just like a success story, man, uh, and that you're helping other people with what you're going through. Um, and, and so, Caleb, I, I appreciate you sharing. And I, I just, I can't help, but as the band comes up and as we, we close, here's the deal, guys, is this community exists to strengthen one another. And I have an analogy for you that you've probably heard before or you've seen before. And if you haven't, it's awesome. It's going to blow your mind. But you all know like sequoia trees, you know, big boy trees, you know what I'm saying? They're like out west, you know what I'm saying? Like big body trees. All right, these, these are these trees right here, all right? Uh, I've never seen one in person, but I'd like to. And here's the thing about these trees is they are 250 to 300 feet tall a lot of times, and they weigh 2 million pounds, all right? I can't even like, 2 million pounds is a lot. That's, that's huge. Did you know that their root system, all right, their root system, what's somebody who studies trees? What would that be called? Anyone know? A triologist? Okay, we're getting all triology up in here. Um, biology uh, at MSU is paying off for me right now. These trees, their, their root system is 10 to 12 feet deep, all right? So you're talking about a 2 million pound tree that's 250, 300 feet in the air. Their root system is 10 to 12 feet deep a lot of times. That's like the size of a basketball goal. But you know what? Their root system spreads out upwards of an acre upwards of an acre that hundreds of feet away from them, their root system spreads out. Although it's not 
as deep as you would think it would need to be. It's very, very wide. And, and why it's so wide is you'll often see these trees growing in groves, all right? They're growing together. And that's because what happens is the root system, they, in, uh, they entangle, they intertwine with one another, they connect to each other, they fuse, they grow together, and therefore they have the strength that they need in order to be able to stay standing when they're so tall and so heavy, and yet their root system isn't that deep. And this is what I want our community to be like, because I believe that that's what God wants our community to be like, is that when we're going through something and we're struggling with something, that we're rooted with each other. Caleb couldn't have that story on his own. He tried to do it on his own for a little bit. And, and you know what? It didn't work. But once he started getting in community, he started talking to people as it helped him. And here's what I know. We can all take a step forward in community. We can all help each other out because we're all gonna need each other at some point. Like not everyone's okay all of the time. It doesn't work that way. You know, we need each other. But if it just stops there, that's not enough. What we truly need at the end of the day is someone who is going through depression or anxiety and the way that Caleb was describing is it, what they really need is a hope in Jesus. So you can get all of the clinical help that you want. You can get all of the psychological help you want from an outside source. But I truly believe that the road to having success, while it does use those things and utilize those things, and sometimes there's medication for those illnesses that you're going through, I still believe at the end of the day, a relationship with Jesus is the only thing that's going to truly make a difference in your life. Because you know what Jesus says is he says, I can take the weight of all of that. I paid for all of that. I paid the price for all of the things that are going on, uh, all of the sin that you've had in your life. I'm bigger than any of the struggles you have, and I can take that on. I love what uh, Jesus tells us in Matthew uh, chapter 11 in verses 28. It's, it's, it's a popular verse, talked about it on Sunday, and it's just been on my heart, this passage. And it says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. To be heavy laden is to be weighed down with a weight of something. It's to be, uh, you, you know, to labor, it's to be weary, it's to be tired. It's to not have rest in your soul. To be heavy laden, it's just to have just this pressure and this weight that's on you. And what I wanna say, what, what Jesus wants to say to us is that, hey, if you'll take me, if you'll take my yoke, right? If you'll enter into a relationship with me, you'll see that I will give you rest for your souls, not just for the rest of your time here on earth, but for eternity. No one else can offer that. No advice you can get from a friend can offer you that. That Jesus says, I can take that yoke upon myself. I can carry that weight for you. I can carry that weight. When you're tired and when you're hurting and you just can't do it anymore, you know what, I've got you. I've got you, and here in just a minute, I'm gonna ask all of our leaders in the room to come forward, and what I want them to pray for is, is to pray for breakthrough. It's to pray for breakthrough that somebody who's going through a mental health struggle right now would have breakthrough tonight, to pray over the young adults who are in our city that they would have breakthrough. There are people hurting on campuses all around us who are in Caleb's situation, who have no community, and that's why we exist, and that's why we find the one, and that's why we're going to get them. 
because people need the hope that we have. And so I'm gonna ask our leaders in a moment to come forward and to just pray over it. And what I want you to do is, is that moment that Caleb had where he came through and said, God, I can't do it anymore. When he's just bearing his heart out there and he didn't have the words, it was a moaning, it was a groaning and let me just get something off my chest. If that's you tonight and you're going through something, I want you to come forward and let us pray with you. Take that step of courage, that step of faith, because what Satan wants, there's a very real spiritual battle that's going on in our world. If you don't believe me, just watch the news and see the evil that's going on. There is a spiritual battle going on that is very real. And what Satan wants is he wants you to sit in your shame and make you feel like it's all your fault, that what you're going through is because of you, that you're not like anybody else, that what you're going through is not, it's abnormal, that no one else will understand it and no one else has those problems. Satan wants you to sit in it. Satan wanted Caleb to sit in that for another six months. But what I wanna tell you tonight is I don't want you to sit in it any longer. I don't want you to sit in your struggle another day, another week, another month, another six months without letting people into your life who can speak truth into your life and not just truth, but scriptural truth, who can say, this is what Jesus has to say. This is what God has to say about you, that you are fearfully and that you are wonderfully made and that he has a plan and purpose for your life. That's what we need. That is the hope that you can have access to. If you're a Christ follower in here today, that is the hope that you have access to and you have hope knowing, hey, this life is short and that your eternity is secured with Jesus. We can sit and talk about mental health all day and we can give you practical advice of do this and do that. But until you let people in and until you let God in and until you lean in, you're not gonna have victory the way you could. And it might, hey, you might have to lean in time and time again. Oftentimes, man, that's where I've been. God, where are you at? Where are you? What are you doing? I'm sitting here hurting and I'm asking you to remove something from my life. And every time I felt like giving up and saying, God, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Can I just be honest with you for a second that as a leader within this community, I've had times in the last six months where I have sat there and thought to myself, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't lead anymore. I can't, I can't be in this. I can't, I can't do your work anymore. I just, can I just coast? Can I not fight anymore? I can't fight for the cause anymore. And when I've been on that spot and when I felt like I couldn't lean in anymore, when I've leaned in that one last time, God has always shown up. He will for you too. We're all going through it, man. We all got struggles. And so I just want to ask that uh, as the band's playing, man, I'm just going to ask you all to stand up with me. And uh, we're, we're going to pray. And then I want our leaders to just come forward. And if you, if you just have brokenness, just come and confess. Y'all can stand up. Let's pray. God, I, I just come to you. And uh, man, there, there's so much hurting and so much pain in our world. And what we need is hope. That's what this series is all about, is, is finding hope. I pray for anyone who's struggling in here tonight, that anyone who's hurting, that they could come forward and, and, and through tears, 
and, and through stumbling of words, that they could just share what they need, Lord. God, I just pray that you would cause breakthrough in this place, that you would allow us to have breakthrough in our lives, Lord. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.